Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today, Aaron and Greg and I are going to be talking about hardtail mountain bikes. While a lot of riders might think that full suspension bikes are the most technologically advanced mountain bikes and that they came after hardtails, it turns out that hardtails and full suspension bikes were developed around the same time. Early mountain bikes had zero suspension on them and were that way for almost a decade before people started thinking about putting suspension on them. And it turns out, I actually thought that suspension forks predated full suspension bikes and that people were rolling around on hardtails for a while. But it turns out that suspension was introduced roughly at the same time, so front and rear suspension at the same time. So hardtails and full suspension mountain bikes have coexisted together almost since the beginning of mountain biking. It's interesting too to note that 55% of the bikes that Singletracks members report owning are full suspension, leaving 45% to be hardtail bikes. So again, about half the bikes that people own and are riding are hardtails, which is surprising because a lot of us might think that full suspension bikes are better or faster or more capable. So The main question I want to talk about today is why so many of us are still riding hardtails, or at least why we're keeping them around in our quiver. So let's start off with advantages of hardtails. What are are some of the advantages that you guys see to the hardtail mountain bike? Probably the biggest one is simplicity, and that's simplicity in construction. That's simplicity in maintenance and repair. You know, there's, there's just fewer pieces that go into building a hardtail frame, so that makes them easier to build for the manufacturers and there's just less opportunity for something to go wrong because you have less pieces, less moving parts, less to wear out, less to break, etc. And then, you know, as you said, like a single speed rigid hardtail, that's about as simple as it gets. That's no suspension, one gear, really affordable. It's an easy way for people to get into mountain biking and very little to go wrong with it. So when you start adding, you know, you add a fork and you add gears, that does complicate things, but it's still easier to maintain than a full suspension. You know, you don't have to worry about replacing the bearings and the linkages. You don't have to worry about servicing a rear shock, you know, checking all the additional bolts that I know from personal experience, you know, a lot of uh, suspension pivot bolts can work free. And if you don't keep your eye on those, you can uh, be rolling down the trail and all of a sudden your rear triangle feels weird because it's not really (laughs) attached to your bike anymore. That can't be a good feeling there. It's not. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say next would be cost. Again, you don't have to worry about linkages, pivots, bearings, all the stuff associated with a full suspension. The frames are cheaper to produce, you know, so it's cheaper for the manufacturer. And then that in turn ends up being cheaper for the end consumer. So since you're spending a lot less money on the frame, that leaves a lot more money you can spend on components. So if you look at entry-level bikes, you know, an entry-level hardtail, and, you know, we're talking about trail-worthy, but just barely so, is going to cost you, let's say, you know, 500 bucks. But an entry-level suspension, full suspension bike is going to cost 
you know, at least a grand. And then even then you're going to have some, some serious compromises in, in the components. So whether that be really heavy wheels or, you know, a really low spec drivetrain, something like that. So there's got to be uh, some trade-off because of the complication and costs associated with a full suspension frame. Yeah, I have people messaging me all the time asking for bike buying advice. And if and most of the time, they're looking to buy a mountain bike on a budget. And I always recommend a hardtail because of what you're saying, Aaron. You can basically always get a better bike in a hardtail than you can in a full suspension for the same price. Like Especially at the lower end, funneling some of your dollars into those better quality components are going to make, I think, a much bigger difference in your ride quality than throwing a rear shock on the bike. So I always sort of try to push people that direction. What else? What are some other advantages of hardtails? Well, this has to do with the simplicity as well, but weight is another factor. Again, you just have less stuff on the bike. So, you know, a decent aluminum hardtail frame is gonna it's gonna come in roughly around let's say four pounds for a size large frame. Um, that's pretty pretty standard for any decent quality frame. But a comparable aluminum full suspension frame with a shock, you know, you're gonna be looking at six, probably close to seven pounds for the same size frame. So even if you build both those bikes up with the same exact parts, you know, the full suspension is going to weigh two to three pounds more. There's just no getting around that. Greg, you have, I know you have a couple of hardtail mountain bikes kicking around and at least one of them is a fat bike. Is that somehow related to the hardtail thing? Well, if you're going out and riding like groomed snow or you're riding snow surfaces, I mean, you really just don't need front suspension or rear suspension or any suspension for that, honestly. Um, you know, if you start taking your fat bike out in dry conditions with rocks and technical features, and sure, suspension becomes useful, but on some of that smoother terrain, it's just not super necessary, which is why, like, you know, we've seen a few full suspension fat bikes hit the market, but they aren't even necessarily marketed for winter riding you know they those are set up with narrower faster tires kind of for summer trails so um, i think especially these days we're talking about a lot of the stats of people that own rigid and hardtail bikes and it's possible a lot of those are fat bikes you know which i think is pretty key one thing to talk about though regarding fat bikes is lots of people are like oh you got huge tires on there that functions as your suspension and uh, that's a pretty massive lie, honestly. I get really tired of people saying that. But if you set your tires upright, they provide additional traction with your lower pressure. Plenty of traction, which is great. Maybe a little bit of damping over some vibrations in the trail. But true suspension for you know technical features is only provided by actual suspension. So you know when we talk about fat bikes, I think, yeah, they definitely fall in that hardtail category. Right on. What about efficiency? A lot of people seem to think that a hardtail is going to be more efficient, especially when you're climbing or really mashing on the pedals. So I'm going to rain on this parade as well. I think this is another common myth, especially with how great suspension designs are getting on cross-country full suspension bikes these days. So, you know, is a hardtail more efficient than a six-inch travel enduro bike? Sure. You know, most of the time that's going to be more efficient on a hardtail, but is it more efficient than Nino Scherter's full suspension, Scott Spark, that he won the Olympic cross-country race on. You know, you can just ask all the people racing on hardtails that finished way behind him. <laughs> so back in the day, <laughs> oh, Anyone, snap. <laughs> um, yeah, he won Olympics and world champs on a, on a full suspension this year. 
and so did his teammate. Exactly. This same bike, which, you know, it probably says something about that bike too. But, uh, you know, so back in the day, like, you know, Jeff, you're saying like the hardtail and the full suspension came out at the same time. I think maybe this is where the myth came from. Because back in the day, sure, the the uh, hardtail frame was more efficient on the climbs. Those rear shocks were not great, you know, but a lot has changed in the intervening decades. A quality cross-country full suspension bike um, is possibly more efficient because you have better traction on the climbs, but you lose pretty much zero forward momentum. So, yeah, that's not a reason anymore. Yeah, and it also, I guess one of the benefits to full suspension is, you know, it takes less out of you as a rider. So it's, you know, you're, you're, you're going to feel fresher, you know, that's going to soak up some of the, even on a full suspension cross country race bike where pedaling efficiency is the main goal, you're still going to get bounced around less on the roots and rocks, which is going to save you energy in the long run, which means you can ride longer or have a little bit of left in the tank for the end of the race. If you're sprinting something like that. Yeah, I do wonder how much of the speed racers like Nino get because they're able to descend faster. Um, you know, maybe we're looking at like a straight hill climb course or people riding on a flat course where they're really mashing pedals. I think it would be really interesting to compare the speeds on that. But yeah, those would be really like specialized situations, not really applicable to everyday riding or even normal race courses. What about skills? A lot of people seem to claim that you can learn to ride bikes better if you start on a hardtail, probably because a lot of people do start on hardtails. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> yeah, I think um, a lot of us do start on hardtails because bikes are expensive. And when you get into the sport, you're probably not going to want to drop the money on a full suspension right away. But I still think I think everyone can benefit from beginning to learn on a hardtail or at least having adding a hardtail to their stable of bikes. They're just really good for for honing your skills. They one of the probably the main thing that they teach you is good line choice. They teach you how to, you know, ride light on the bike because you don't have that rear suspension to bail you out of, you know, sketchy situations. You know, I know when I first started riding I had a tendency to get a lot of flats and destroy wheels, particularly rear wheels, just because I didn't have a delicate touch, you know, so I would just go slamming into sections. And once you get tired of changing tires and wheels, you know, you start to learn how to, you know, hop the rear end around and, like I said, just be light on the bike. So I think line choice is is huge, and that's something that carries over when you do get on a full suspension. You know, you obviously there's more margin for error there, but you already have that base of knowledge of knowing how to choose a good line when you're tearing down the trail. I totally agree with what Aaron said, but I think one of the interesting things, like lots of times you talk with these people, be like, I love my hardtail because it teaches me all these skills, but then they ride a hardtail 100% of the time. And you put a dude with less skills next to them on a full suspension bike, and they're both descending about the same speed. So it's a sort of an interesting thing. It's like, yeah, you can learn all those skills on a hardtail, but they really start paying off when you take those skills and then transfer them over to the full suspension bike because you're just that much better. So it's kind of a, you know, it works well in that case to have like multiple bikes in your stable, like do some training on the hardtail, keep your skills sharp, and then... If you really want to go downhill fast, getting on that suspension bike. Yeah. Speaking of skills, what do you guys think about the precision of a hardtail versus a full suspension bike? I know for me, it just seems like I can do more 
kind of low speed tech maneuvers where I can, you know, hop the bike around a little bit easier on a hardtail because a lot of my energy isn't going into compressing the shock down. It's, it's actually going into putting the bike right where I want it. Do you guys experience that or is that totally off? Um, I don't know. I would actually say on really technical climbs, I think suspension can be your friend because it's going to allow the rear wheel to stay glued to the ground where you want it. Whereas on a hardtail, on a really techie climb, you know, if you, if you hit a root, it, the rear wheel is going to pop up into the air, which, you know, if it's in the air, it doesn't have traction, which means you're going to be losing some of your forward momentum. You know, I think one of the reasons people also ride hardtails is because it's harder, you know, um, and people, you know, a lot of people like to be challenged. That's why people ride single speeds or one of the reasons we actually did a whole podcast on single speed. So be sure to check that out. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with riding any bike, but I think people ride for a lot of different reasons and one of those reasons that some people ride is to is for the challenge and and riding long miles, riding really technical climbs and descents is more challenging on a hardtail and I th- that's that's just why some people enjoy riding. I will say though that Jeff, to your specific question, I felt that like at certain times, but I think the numbers of times when you get maybe those benefits are really limited. Like I see some of that like hopping around and like precise like wheel placement of the hardtail and massive energy transfer like happening if you're like almost at a standstill and you've got to like rocket up something that's like super steep or up and over a boulder or there's a couple of like awkward moves on the slick rock slabs around here. And like, if you're coming from some of those standstill positions and you've got to like put down a massive amount of power and move the wheel in a certain way, sure. But you know, ultimately you kind of want to avoid those situations. And then if you can carry momentum on your full suspension, more momentum and avoid that situation altogether, you know, it's going to be more successful for you. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Those situations are pretty rare and Climbing, for sure, suspension does come in handy because it does smooth out the ride a little bit. I guess I was considering more like switchbacks and stuff where you might have to like almost track stand to like get around them and stuff like that. But yeah, again, those are pretty rare situations. So what types of trails would you guys say are more suited to hardtails than full suspension? Or or are there certain conditions where you would ride a hardtail over a full suspension bike? I mean... You can ride a hardtail anywhere you want to ride it. I think that bears saying, you know, for me personally, since I have bikes to choose from, you know, I'd rather ride my hardtail on smoother terrain than on super technical and really fast trails. But that said, I've still seen plenty of people do those trails on a hardtail. And if I'm out on a hardtail and I come across one of those trails, you know, I still drop in. Maybe I don't ride quite as fast or as confidently, but it's all still possible. Aaron, what do you think? Is there anywhere that you can't ride a hardtail? No, you know me. I always say you can ride any bike anywhere. You know, that said, are there bikes that are better suited for some trails than others? For sure. But, you know, you can ride a hardtail on any any trail that you want. You know, it, it really boils down to the pilot. I would say, like Greg mentioned, if you have trails that are really chunky and they're high speed, so that combination of those two things, hardtails can start to get out of their depth. Uh, just those repeated hits and if you're going fast enough, you know, even if you have good line choice for a while, chances are that rear wheel is going to start to get 
knocked around and that makes it difficult to stay on your line. So, you know, I can ride short sections of really chunky trail at a good clip on a hardtail, but when it, when it starts to get extended sections, I mean, that's really going to, it's going to challenge your handling skills. It's going to challenge your stamina and frankly, your grip strength. You know, I know if I ride, for instance, Stanley Gap up in North Georgia is a pretty chunky descent. And by the bottom of that, it's all I can do to hang on to the handlebars just because it's chunky rock drop fast sections all the way to the bottom and then it's it's difficult on a full suspension so the hardtail just increases that that difficulty factor yeah i think that's a good point aaron for me i think i agree with you in that like basically you can go out and do any trail you want to do on the hardtail but my question is like what am i gonna have the most fun on and on some of these trails like yeah i can go out and ride down a hardtail but i'm gonna enjoy it more and ride it faster and be less fatigued on a full suspension bike. So, you know, if you have the choice, it's always nice. Well, switching gears a little bit, I wanted to ask you guys about innovations in hardtails. Has there been a lot of innovation in hardtails or is all the new suspension tech and technology going toward full suspension mountain bikes these days? As you said in the beginning, hardtails and full suspensions have evolved right alongside each other, and that continues today in a lot of ways. Honestly, probably a lot of credit goes to uh, UK manufacturers for putting hardtails out with that have modern geometry. UK riders really seem to love their hardtails. I think a big factor there is uh, the the simplicity. You know, the weather in the UK isn't always awesome, so. You know, when you're riding in the muck and the mud and the wet for months on end, there's just, you know, as we said earlier, a lot less to go wrong with a hardtail. And, you know, you can find hardtails in any frame material you want now. I think aluminum is probably the most common because most entry-level hardtails are going to be made out of aluminum. But you've also got steel. There's plenty of companies making steel hardtails. And you also see a lot of boutique frame builders using steel as as a frame material. And it and frankly, steel is an awesome material, and steel has only gotten better. Um, you know, it was kind of the original frame material, but the steel tubing continues to improve, so the steel tubing gets lighter, and, you know, there's different tubing you can select for ride quality and, and those kind of things. But you can also find carbon fiber hardtails. You can find titanium hardtails. And then, you know, they have, they run the gamut of geometry from your classic XC geometry with a 72 degree, you know, head tube angle and an 80 millimeter fork and, you know, long top tube for aggressive race position all the way to all mountain hardtails where you can bolt up a six inch travel fork to the front and, and, you know, run a super short stem and really wide bars and, a one-by drivetrain with a bash guard, like all all that kind of stuff. The innovation in mountain biking has not left hardtails behind by any means. I think, you know, like that cross-country 29er and stuff, you know, has been pretty much dialed for a long time. And uh, Aaron sort of really covered the all-mountain hardtails, but especially as you move into like plus-size tires and the fat bikes, I think we're still seeing a lot of innovation over there. You know, for instance, no matter how much, you know, we may have been initially enamored with them, the first generation of fat bikes honestly really sucked, like in a bad way. And the new fat bikes are so much better. There's still a ton of innovation going on there. Better geometry, better handling, lighter weight. You know, they're night and day different. I say it says having 
both sort of one of the old school style fat bikes and one of the new school style fat bikes in my garage. And it's just uh, pretty amazing to jump back and forth between them. So I think especially on some of those newer tech when we're trying to fit really big tires in there, there's a lot of stuff that's been done just in the past couple of years and potentially, you know, even innovation to be done going forward. So with all this new tech, what are some examples of some really cool hardtails that are on the market right now? Well, like Greg mentioned, fat bikes and probably, you know, plus bikes is the new, you know, new hotness right now. And um, I think the introduction of plus wheels and tires, hardtails make it a better option for even more riders, especially beginner riders. It's going to give them more confidence um, because of the larger you know, tire footprint, you know, as Greg mentioned, they don't replace suspension by any means, but they, they do make for a little more comfortable ride. But as far as some specific cool new hardtails, uh, production privy, they, they're known for making all mountain steel hardtails and they have their new Shan GT, which is a 29er or 27 plus. And that's just a gorgeous frame. The paint jobs they do are probably the coolest thing about those bikes and it's actually relatively affordable it's 900 bucks for the frame uh, which is not not too bad for a quality steel frame the kona hanzo carbon is a kind of mm, trail xc trail uh hardtail carbon fiber 29er super short rear end on it and they basically use the geometry from their process model line of full suspension so really long reach really long top tube short stem all that goodness one that i've personally ridden earlier this year was the marin pine mountain and that's a plus hardtail they make a couple different versions of that and i mean all the way down to like i think an eight or nine hundred dollar complete bike they make fully rigid one and then the one i rode has a 120 millimeter fork you know, one by drivetrain, just a, a a really cool bike. And then on the cross country side, you're still seeing cool new hardtails come out. Like, um, for instance, uh, BMC, their top racing hardtail actually has, it's almost a soft tail. It has, um, these little elastomer inserts in the seat stays that give not exactly suspension, but it's like 15 millimeters of travel in the, in the rear. So that, that allows people who maybe don't want a full suspension race bike, but maybe they uh, you know want to feel a little bit fresher at the end of the race. That's gonna that's gonna allow them to to save a little bit of energy over the course of a race. You know, I'd say there's a lot of great new hardtails on the market, and you're probably gonna be hard pressed to find one that's not a fun time. But uh, the new Norco Torrent line looks pretty dialed, um, even compared to other plus size hardtails. I think they've really dialed in that line well and have a good price range and good options. So that's one I would look at. Is it safe to say that most of the new hardtails on the market are still 29er versus regular 27.5? I know for a lot of mountain bikers, 27.5 seems like that's the new hot thing, but we're not really seeing it in hardtails. So is, is there a reason for that that you guys can think of? I don't think that 27.5 was ever, should have ever been the hot thing, but that's different discussion for a different <laughs> time. But I mean, for that size wheel, it's not very different from a 26 inch wheel. You know, it's a little bit bigger, but there's a bigger jump from 27.5 to 29 because 27.5 is closer to 27. And once you move into the hardtail, 
having that bigger wheel, like a 29er or a 27.5 plus, or even a 29 plus, which if you look at that, it's pretty massive. You were talked about how tires don't provide you suspension, but they do smooth out trail chatter. And the larger the wheel, the more smoothing you get. So the 29er smooths out a lot more trail chatter than a 27.5 or 26. And the 29 plus, even more than that. So those are benefits for the hardtail when you're working with, you know, zero suspension at the back and maybe not very much up front. Yeah, you do see a handful of 27.5 hardtails, but that was always that's a little boutique kind of niche, a market, and they they tend to skew more towards the all mountain side of things. Although not exclusively, because like for instance, Santa Cruz makes their highball hardtail in a 27.5 version, and I believe Giant makes their they make a 27.5 cross country hardtail as well. So you do see them, but I would say probably the majority of hardtails are 29 or now 29 slash 27 plus compatible. Right on. That's a good explanation. So finally, I want to ask you guys a very interesting question. If you could have only one mountain bike, would it be full suspension or hardtail? So honestly, you know, again, I've probably said this a few times, but you can ride a hardtail anywhere, but I really like suspension. It's not necessarily like you need suspension, but it's a whole lot of fun. So if I could only own one mountain bike, at this point in time, it'd probably be a full suspension fat bike with a 29 plus wheel set for summer riding. But making sure I get a bike that optimizes my frame space and my main triangle space so I can fit a frame bag in there. That'd be my choice. Yeah, that is a tough question. You know, right now I have two personal mountain bikes. I have a full suspension enduro bike and a steel trail hardtail. So if it was between those two bikes, like if you came over and you said, all right, Aaron, you got to give up one of those bikes. It honestly, it would be the full suspension between those two, just because uh, the majority of the riding that I do and you know, where I live doesn't really necessitate a 160 travel trail bike. So if it was between those two, I would, I would give up the full suspension. But if you said I could choose any two bikes, any two new bikes, that would, that would be an even tougher call. <laughs> but assuming I still lived here, it may be, still may be a hardtail. I don't know, I think it, uh, I, I like riding them. I like the challenge of them and I, I like the simplicity of them too. So that's my answer. Hardtail. What about you, Jeff? Oh man. Uh, I mean, it's a tough one. The full suspension bike that I have doesn't have a ton of suspension anyway. It's a cross country full suspension bike, uh, which I do enjoy. And and I can ride a lot faster downhill than on my hardtail. But I think like you, I I probably could get away with the hardtail and and heck, it would save me some money too. So yeah, I'll go hardtail. (laughs) I'll say hardtail only. Great. This has been a fun discussion about hardtail mountain bikes. If you're enjoying the Single Tracks podcast, be sure to go to the iTunes store and rate us. That's all we have for this week. Talk to you again next week. Peace.